the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Waiting for Godot is a Samuel Beckett play. In your head of heads, you might have thought Waiting for Godot might have been Shakespearean, or you might have said, I don't really know what it is. But very few people know who Samuel Beckett is. Waiting for Godot stars two characters, Vlad, Vladimir, and Estragon? Was it Estragon? Or something close to that. Uh, When you use these kind of European names, sometimes the translation doesn't stay in your brain as it's supposed to. Didi and Gogol. They engage in a variety of discussions and encounters while waiting for Godot. He never arrives. Waiting for Godot is Samuel Beckett's translation of his own original French language play, En Entendant Godot. A tragic comedy, a tragic comedy, a tragic comedy. Why do we always blend two words? Because that's the American way to do it. So it's a tragic comedy. Um, you're talking about it goes back to 1949, 1950-51. The play opens with two men, Vlad and Estragon, meeting by a lifeless, leafless tree, whose species is later speculated to be that of a willow. I don't need to go get into it, but Godot never arrives. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Now in America, in the United States, in the world, we're waiting for the Federal Reserve's Jerome Powell. And when will inflation arrive? We're waiting for inflation. We're waiting for inflation news. We're waiting for a change of tone or tenor. Fed Chairman Powell's address to the U.S. press media begins at 1130 this morning. With the policy statement at 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 o'clock Eastern, 2.30 Eastern time for the press conference. And we are going to look for every word he says because it could be the matter of trillions or trillions. Do we continue going up the growth tree or do we start going after the value? There's no willow trees in our play. There's growth and value. There's inflationary plays. Inflation's the boogeyman. Inflation's the Jason Voorhees. It's the uh, Freddy Krueger, if you will. It's the dirty word. It's the unspeakable. Don't say that three times. If you say the word inflation three times in front of a mirror, the stock market will crash. Speaking of which, that's a Clive Barker story called Candyman. I got to work with Clive Barker once. For about two weeks. Fascinating artist. Um, Did I get to do artwork with him? No. I got to make him coffee. But it was a good internship. (coughs) Oracle 
is in the news today. Yesterday, everyone was clapping. A little golf clap for Oracle because they were talking about how well they're doing in the cloud. <coughs> Excuse me. If you're waiting for Oracle to become Salesforce, it's not going to happen. Mark Binioff used to work with um, Larry Ellison at Oracle. And Oracle had this just amazing run in the 1980s and 1990s as stock. And it's never been quite as good, in my opinion. Now, again, Larry Ellison might order a hitman to kill me for saying that. I don't deny it in any way, shape, or form. But Mark Binioff took the idea to the cloud. Whereas Larry Ellison took the idea of databases and put them in, in your enterprise. It was very expensive. It was an amazing system. But once it was put in, it was tough to gut. It's almost like a plumber coming into your house and rewiring the plumbing into like a Rubik's Cube type of maze where suddenly the waste gets out of your house and suddenly the clean water gets into it, but you don't know how the heck it happens. That's what Oracle did in databases. Do I like Oracle? They're okay. Believe it or not, Oracle is now a play on PE. When its PE gets down to about 15, it's attractive. When its PE gets up to 25, it's expensive. That's that simple for me. Salesforce.com is a little bit trickier for me. But I do like Salesforce and Mark Benioff. Uh, but they've been doing bigger and bigger acquisitions, so I'm a little bit more, let's be careful. Take a look at some of the other news. There's two big events on tap today. There's the waiting for Godot. The Federal Reserve is going to wrap up its potentially market-moving remarks on inflation. And then we get President Biden, President Vladimir Putin. Ye who rides horses shirtless. He who plays hockey against professional hockey players and scores 10 goals. They're going to be chatting face-to-face at a summit in Geneva, and it's going to be a presidential moment. I, I, I like moderates. I like investing in moderation. I like eating in moderation. I like enjoyment in moderation. I don't get too crazy. I don't get too, too conservative in life. So we'll see how a very moderate president plays a very, uh, how shall we say, far-right president of Russia. Who comes out the winner? Who comes out the loser? Give Russia credit. Their PR machine's like, how dare America lecture us on morals and how we treat people when look at your own country? That's a good spin. Yesterday, Biden did a good job with the G7 trying to get some backing from his European allies to help fight Russia on some levels. This isn't Rocky Balboa. This isn't the 1980s. This isn't the Cold War that was run, won with music and not with missiles. So, other words out there, uh, U.S. death toll from coronavirus topped 600,000 yesterday, roughly equal to the number of people who died of cancer in 2019. Yeah, it's not real. It's going to go away. Uh, it'll be gone in America after a week. <laughs> Trump was wrong on that one. Even if he was trying to stop panic, it was a dumb thing to say. New York lifted nearly all COVID-related restrictions after the state partially vaccinated 70% of its adults. Uh, Vermont is leading the nation with 81% vaccination of adults. Europe is saying all Americans are welcome because we see states like Vermont and New York getting vaccinations. Europe is not saying everyone come from India and China. They're going, they're following the vaccinations. Mackenzie Scott announced she donated $2.7 billion to 186 organizations working to address issues like poverty, racial equity, and higher educational. Racial equity, not racial inequity, racial equity. I love that. 
She's trained to teach people how to fish. Not she. She's smart enough to give it to the people that know how. She's going to be one of the most important philanthropists of our time. Because unlike Bill Gates, who's got these grand visions, she's got some more grassroots visions. And she doesn't believe in concentration of wealth, which is fascinating because her husband, her ex-husband clearly did. In her 2019 divorce settlement with Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, Scott received 4% slice of Amazon, which was worth $36 billion at the time. Thanks to the company's rising valuation, she's the world's 20th wealthiest person. But she's not like other billionaires. The speed and volume of Scott's giving, as well as the types of organizations she's supporting, is highly unconventional. Instead of splashing her name across a big foundation or philanthropy, uh, philanthropy efforts, just for the sake of example, her ex-husband's Jeff Bezos Earth Fund, Scott's focused on direct giving to smaller institutions that are typically passed over by big donors. I am so in love with her. I have such a crush, even though she's already remarried. I, I just, it's it's fun to see people do things right. Anyhow, and anyway, we're going to talk investing. We're going to talk money. We're going to talk getting you to retirement. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, what's working on Wall Street and why. Find me online at robblackshow.com. It's Rob Black Show. That works for YouTube. It works for Twitter. It works for all social media, including Instagram. Rob Black Show, that's where I am. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black. You can find me on Cron TV today at 9.15 in the morning. I repost that onto Facebook. I repost it onto YouTube, onto Twitter. I repost that segment onto Instagram, all of them with the name Rob Black Show. It helps if you subscribe and follow me. I get an idea of what's working and not. And I'll tinker with what I do going forward. Today, some headline news. Royal Caribbean has postponed a cruise after eight crew members on board tested positive for COVID-19. Royal Caribbean has to pass a measure that says all their employees are vaccinated. They have to make their employees vaccinated or fire them. They're allowed to do that. They need to do that. Otherwise, people are otherwise their businesses. I can't say the word that I want to say. But you know the word I'm trying to think that, that I want to put out there. GM is upping their spending on electric vehicles and autonomous vehicles by 30 percent to 35 billion by the year 2025. In the year 2025, we'll have flying cars. Nope. We'll have electric vehicles. Ford's up in it. They're spending. Volkswagen is up their spending. GM is up in their spending. Ford's got the F-150, which is going to be the real first mass market produced vehicle to compete with Tesla, which isn't mass market producing. They're still more of a niche player. It's going to be an interesting few years. I like the whole sector. Do I like all the names? New. No. Microsoft had a lot of announcements at E3, but I think the most important one, E3 was the Electronic Entertainment Expo, which has lost a lot of cachet in the last few years. But it's still important. They cover everything from new TVs to video games to new movies. It's kind of a nerdist type of event. But 2 billion people on the planet play video games today. 
during the last segment, I was just talking Call of Duty with my producer, and we were geeking out over different types of weapons from Vietnam era, weapons from the modern era, weapons from 20 years from now. Bing, 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 lasers. It's kind of how men talk about things at the water cooler now. The focus of Microsoft's big annual Xbox briefing this year was games like Halo and Starfield. I'm not a Halo guy. I'm not a Gears of War guy. I don't know. I guess some franchises work better than others. But did you know video games are bigger than the whole movie industry and the whole music industry put together? Whoa. I'm using my own drops right now. Whoa. Microsoft showed 30 games. 27 of the games are becoming straight to Xbox Game Pass. If I were to tell any parent advice, get the Xbox Game Pass. Because they're going to put free games, big games, brand new games, $60 games into a recurring monthly revenue service. A lot like Netflix. Of which Xbox and Microsoft, they want to get more into phones and they want to get more into some casual gaming. Right now, casual gaming is dominated by companies like Apple. Casual meaning you could you could use your Apple TV to play games, but they're not very complicated. They'll get more complicated. But you're going to see an Xbox-powered TV. You're going to see Microsoft where you can just plug controllers in the TV. It won't be as robust as an Xbox. Forget about it can't change the hardware on television every year or two years you can on, on consoles but you're also going to see streaming services like stadia stadia is google's attempt to put the game computer on their end the hardware on their end and you use your fast internet connection to get to them and, and play games in real time but you're playing games on their servers not on your pc or your console so that's the big news out of Xbox, Microsoft. That's pretty revolutionary. 27 of the 30 games they got building right now are going to drop instantly onto Game Pass. Game Pass starts at $10 a month. I think you can get as expensive as 15 And you don't get unlimited games, but you kind of get unlimited games. As long as you don't need to have that brand new, spanking new game that's not on the service, I think you're going to save money. It is ultimately assures that you're going to buy two games a year. 10 bucks a month is $120 a year. That's two $60 games. Some people don't have the kind of budget to drop that kind of dough, Ray me. So I think that was a big story. Let's look at some other stories. This is fascinating. Lumber yards. You know how you want to be a writer for television? You can't do it because you can't see the stories that we want to see. You want you want to do stories that you like, not what, what we're going to like. Right now, the biggest scene of crime in America is lumberyards. And you should be writing a show for HBO about criminals who say, screw banks, man. Banks are so 2000. Let's go after lumberyards. Authorities said surveillance cameras captured Leon Garcia Rojas trying to steal beams of wood valued at $2,000. Typically, wood's around $400. The price is jacked up to $2,000, making it something incredibly easy with not a lot of security to go out and steal. Last year, in a county in Washington State, a lot of your lumber yards, King County, they're seeing a spike in thefts. The county had only 11 reports of people trying to steal wood. 
This year, in the first three months, they're already up to eight. Thieves are trying to profit from the spike in costs. Who would have known Wall Street was so much fun, right? Commodities explode on the high. A couple of years ago, copper did the same thing. I own a, a business property where some thieves in the middle of the night basically took apart the air conditioning and took all the copper out of it. You've heard horror stories of people at Airbnb. Uh, not Airbnb, I'm sorry. I'm going to get to Airbnb. Airbnb is on my head and I jumped ahead to it. You've heard horror stories of people renting their homes and on their way out, they don't pay their last three months of rent, but they also take all the copper out of the house and the copper's in all the piping and the deductible, not even close to the cost of the copper and your house just got trashed. Ugh. Airbnb yesterday said they spend $50 million a year settling lawsuits where you rent your home to someone who comes in and shoots gunshots in the walls. You rent your home to someone. I have problems with people making love in my bed. I'm not renting my home on Airbnb. I, I, I get grossed out there. But murderers are dumping bodies in Airbnbs. And the owners have to go in and, oh, there's a head down in my basement. And they have to deal with the trauma of that and the cleanup of that. Anytime you clean up blood, that's a specialty business. I once owned part of a business that if a deer jumped through like a gap store window and bled all over the floor, who cleans up industrial uh, sites? Murder scenes. I owned a company that cleaned up murder scenes. <laughs> and for the record, you can get a good mattress for real cheap if you buy it from a murder scene. Yes, that's me. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. That covers every social media site I could think of, from Facebook to YouTube to Twitter to Instagram. WhatsApp. I know. I'm on WhatsApp. Find me at Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Not a big fan of Miley Cyrus from a social media standpoint, but boy, I think she can do a cover song better than anyone else. I don't think she writes any of her own music, but I think she can sing other people's music better than they can. Anyhow, I digress. Southwest canceled more flights today as it's recovering from its second technical issue in two days. To me, this is a non-story. It's a great headline. It's a bumpy recovery for the airlines as they start using computers. They haven't been using a lot. As they start using planes, they haven't been using a lot. It makes you, yeah, it makes you concerned. You don't want to hear airlines having problems with computers. Uh, what exactly does that mean? Did we lose radar mid-flight? Or did we lose the ability to change a flight? In the end, that's one of those headlines that passes. Same thing with Boeing after a crash. As sad and tragically as that is, when lives are lost, there's not that many options. There's Airbus and there's Boeing as far as world plane makers. China's trying to get in on the game, and yeah, they will be a player, but it's 30 years from now. So sometimes I look at these headlines as PR and I can't find any any hardcore financial data behind it. And sometimes I look at it as that's pretty powerful. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black. 
for the record, I started the show talking about Jerome Powell and waiting for Godot and how it's about two men waiting by a tree that has no leaves in it. In the second act, the tree suddenly sprouts leaves, which tells you time has passed. In the end, Godot never shows up. Waiting for Godot has been used as a basis for Chasing Amy by Kevin Smith. It's been used in Bill and Ted, Cheech and Chong. It's, it's The Simpsons, Waiting for Guffman. It's pretty powerful theater. Wall Street's got some pretty powerful theater today waiting for Jerome Powell, waiting for inflation. I don't know which one we're waiting for. I think we're waiting for inflation. It could be a big event. Um, it should be a big event if the market changes its focus from buy on dips growth to growth has had its day. Let's let's let it rest for a few years. If you ever listen to CFP Chad Burton, he's got something called the Callan Periodical Table, and it looks like an element periodical periodic table where you can see the weight of different gases and different elements. But in this one, it gives you a year and it tells you what the top performer was and what the bottom performer was. And what's interesting about it is some years it's small cap value, some years it's small cap growth. Some years the big winner is large cap and the big loser is the 10-year treasury. Some years the 10-year treasury didn't lose any value and yet the stock market did. And you can see that there's a regular rotation. And that's ultimately what we're waiting for with, with waiting on inflation. It's like, where should we go next? By the time we see inflation, it'll be too late to get in front of it. So you're going to be catching up to it. But Wall Street wants to be as close to on time as possible. Therefore, not waiting. Hmm. Story, 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 story. 800-516-1220. Each calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Bank of America reported an uptick in spending as consumers get ready for post-pandemic splurge. The third stimulus check, 38% of it went to paying down debt. 25% went to savings. Very little of it went to day-to-day funding. 63% of it went to paying down debt and or saving it. Not straight in the economy. Guess what? It's going to come into the economy at some point in time. And a lot of people think as COVID numbers decrease in the United States, popping up in states that have low vaccination rates, but going down in states that have high vaccination rates, that there will be a far cry. There will be a, a demand that builds for, let's go spend some of this do re me. I get it. I looked at my credit card rewards last night. I got over $9,000 in hotel and flights waiting for me. I've got about $6,000 in hotels. I'm like, I'm going to go on a super vacation at some point in time. And that's the key phrase that pays some point in time. Still not ready that. I'm lagging a little bit. I've got some friends that just went to Hawaii for three weeks. I'm like, ah, I should have been that guy. But I wasn't. Fun headline of the day. America is tired, sick and tired of old clothes. 
I, I got a little of that. Wednesday's the day that I, I clean house. And I always try to get rid of some things. I don't want to be a hoarder. I'm an active purger. But I have enough that I can be an active purger, which tells you I'm a little bit of a hoarder. I've got some clothes that are 10 years old. I'm like, time to go. But I haven't bought a thing in two years. I've got a new suit. I haven't got a new shirt. I haven't got a new belt. Probably some shoes. But I'm ready. Housing starts rose less than expected. Building permits fall. That is bad news if you're a renter. That's good news if you're a homeowner. I wish I had one hand and I could tell you, that's a great story. Everyone will make money on it, but that's not how money works. That's not how Wall Street typically works. U.S. home building rebounded less than expected in May as expensive lumber and shortages of other materials continue to constrain builders' ability to take advantage of acute shortages of housing in the United States market. Home construction fell to a seven-month low. Housing completions declined, while the new number of homes authorized for construction but not yet started rose to the highest level since 1999. So 2000 party over. It's out of time. No, 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 that was all wrong. I can't do a bad prince. But um, yeah, 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 yeah. So permits are important because they talk about future activity. We look into the future to see how many people are going to be swinging hammers. We look into the future to see how many, how much lumber is going to be bought. We look into the future to see economic activity. The permits number is miserable. It's worth kicking the can down the road. We've had problems with tariffs on steel imports, adding to building costs. We've had problems on high cost of labor, labor shortages. We've had lumber issues. The lumber prices have dropped from a record high set in early May. Softwood lumber prices increased 154% year over year. Starts increased to a rate of 1.63 million units. Last month's increase still left starts below March's rate. Starting on building a house, groundbreaking on building a house. Permits are when you hire someone to do construction for you. They come to your house. They've got a notebook that they're taking notes on. And you're like, I don't know what he's writing. And he's probably writing, I hate this person. He's probably not writing the beam height that you want in your kitchen. He's probably not writing uh, what color lumber you want on your your, uh, countertop. He's probably writing, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. But the numbers aren't looking rosy, which means fewer homes being built in 2022, which means if you got a home, you got something that's not increasing in supply. And as demand comes from millennials who want to make babies – because they're hitting 35 years and people want to make babies when they're 35, that stigma of a woman at 40 of being too old. I, I don't know if that's real anymore. I, I feel like people feel more and more comfortable having babies in their forties and mid forties. And yeah, there is higher chances of, of birth defects. And I know that's in everyone's mind, but with that being said, people are delaying and, uh, Housing needs to be built for said houses. I live in a home right now that drives me crazy because it was fantastic for a husband and a wife or a husband and a husband or a wife and a wife 
and two babies. It's not good for my son is he's catching me in height. And it's funny because uh, he knows it. I remember catching my dad in height. My dad was a kind of a raging alcoholic, not the type to fall down drunk, but he was like he mentally shut down. And that was tough to deal with because he kind of wanted love from your dad. He didn't know if he had it in him that day. But I remember the day when I passed him in weight and height. And I was like, I'm no longer going to take his crap. Um, and he knew it. He knew that he couldn't intimidate me anymore on size issues. Why am I going down that road? I don't know. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Um, we're waiting on the Fed. Today, the next couple hours mean nothing. Tomorrow morning, we'll have a better new path, even if it's it's more the same. That'll kick the can down the road for another month, two months before we have to have that conversation again. The EU is planning to lift restrictions for all U.S. travelers. Biden and Putin meet ahead of the U.S.-Russia summit. <clears throat> a lot of people are raging with guns in the United States. A lot of people are raging on airplanes. I do fear that as we open up from COVID, there's be a lot of anger from COVID left lingering <clears throat> for 14 months that are going to play out in the real world scenarios. Try to be nice to everyone. Come on, people. We're all in this together. Find me online, all social media, Rob Black Show, including robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. You know how Netflix has 200 million subscribers? Xbox Game Pass has 18 million. They're both similarly priced, although Netflix has some higher options. I bring this up because you probably don't think of Xbox as a subscription service, and I do. Wall Street's fascinated by it, to be honest with you. Wall Street loves subscriptions. Netflix has sold over 200 million people a subscription, a magazine. Do you remember the day and age when you were in elementary school and if you sold X amount of magazine subscriptions, you got prizes and those prizes meant the world to you, even though they were stupid? You just didn't know that yet. Netflix announced a new online store. Wait, what? They're getting out of the subscription business? Netflix has plans for a comedy festival next year. I just watched the Hannibal Burris concert. Uh, comedy concert from 2016. I giggled last night. It made it was a nice relief. I enjoyed it. There was one point in time where he talked about the Price is Right and how he wouldn't do well on the Price is Right because they had auctioned off two posters for eighteen thousand dollars. He said, "If I were to guess the price, I would have said a dollar. I would have been the guy at Price is Right looking back at the crowd like, what should it be? What should it be? I don't know. I don't know.'" And it just made me like a momentary childhood memory is is certainly people playing prices, right? Looking back at the audience asking, what should I bid? So Am not Amazon, excuse me, as Steve Margin once said. Netflix is getting into an online store, a comedy festival next year. They're preparing a clothing line. What is going on at Netflix? 
a clothing line tied towards Bridgerton, as well as events and consumer products for new seasons of La Casa de Papa, The Witcher, and Stranger Things. So we think of the new seasons as like, hey, that's what drives Netflix. But consumer products tied towards Money Heist, The Witcher, and Stranger Things. They're investing in streetwear and action figures. Years focus on one goal, getting more people signing up for the streaming service. Now they have more product that they want to sell to those people. Executives at Netflix will poo-poo. They will dismiss. They will say no to products as too small to worry about. But that was back when Netflix was much smaller. As they get $200 million, $225 million, $250 million, they could send you an email saying, hey, we see that you like Stranger Things. Why not buy Stranger Things action figures? We see that you saw a comedy uh, comedian, uh, Hannibal Burris. Do you want to buy tickets to our comedy festival or do you want to buy tickets to his show? Netflix used to say it wanted to be HBO before HBO became Netflix. It succeeded in a lot of levels, becoming some of the most memorable TV shows of the past decade. It's earned the almost every Emmy nomination of any company in the last year. They, they dominate. They get Oscar nominations. Uh, so they're in Emmys and Oscars. They're in movies and TV. Now comes the challenge. Can they become Disney? Can they beat Disney at its own game of merchandising? Disney owns Star Wars Toy Story. Disney on a global scale. Netflix ain't going to compete with for many, many years. $200 million doesn't match up with the intellectual property that Disney has out there for 40. I mean, every year you've been alive, you thought about Disney, I'm sure. Not so much with Bridgerton. But Netflix also had that zombie movie um, come out a couple weeks ago with Dave Bautista. And they're making a prequel to it. And they're making an animated series of it. Whoa. They're not thinking subscribers anymore. They're thinking franchises and, and, and spinning it out. Netflix knows that it needs to figure this all out, and it's not easy. The company's not going to add 25 million customers a year forever. There'll be a point where they need to leverage, and that point could be 2022, or it could be 2025, or somewhere in between. Netflix is an entertainment company. It's semantics. It's no longer a video service, but it signals the company's growing ambitions beyond TV. They've been dabbling in all these areas for years without much success. Netflix drops every episode of its shows at once for binge watching. Most valuable entertainment franchises are built around properties that air on TV every day. <sighs> Disney sells at Halloween Halloween costumes for princesses to the tune of a billion dollars. You don't think Netflix sees that and says, ah, we don't want anything to do with that. They do. Very much so. One of my kids' favorite shows is Demon Slayer. And you know what he wants to be for Halloween? A Demon Slayer. Do you know what my kid did with a pair of scissors? He gave himself a haircut like a Japanese animation character demon in Demon Slayer. Not his brightest moment ever. 
Now, Netflix's biggest problem is they can't create franchises as easy as they think they can. They tried to do it with Jupiter's Legacy. It got canceled after one season. Disney's been practicing franchises with trial and error for over half a century now. Netflix is quick to lower expectations for any initiative, so you're not going to hear a lot about it other than on this show. Do I think at some point in time Netflix opens a theme park? Maybe. Anyhow and anyway, I know no one else ever tells you this kind of stuff. I'm trying to help you see the future of investing, the future of retail, the future of entertainment. When I say video games outsells movies and music, that should give you a wow moment and say, should I buy Activision? Should I buy Electronic Arts? Should I buy NVIDIA? And the answer is maybe. You should consider it. Anyhow, and anyway, you can find me online talking things like Netflix becoming more than just a streaming service and starting to sell more retail swag. I've got social media called Rob Black Show. It's on Twitter. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. I've got a great interview with a strategist that I posted yesterday at YouTube, Rob Black Show. Check it out. I'm Rob Black.